Welcome to Humans of Twitter, a podcast where we discover the stories behind the people behind the Twitter accounts. People that are interesting, opinionated, and surprising. I'm your host, Steve Malkin. Today I'm speaking with someone who describes themselves as, I'm not serious, but my drinking problem is. Writer at BuzzFeed Oz. Humans of Twitter is their stories, in their words, in a little more than 140 characters. Please welcome today's edition to the Humans of Twitter list, Matt Whitehead. Hello. Matt, hello. Welcome. Thanks very much for having me. Uh, it is wonderful to be speaking with you. Can you tell me, in social settings, how do you introduce yourself? Um, usually, hey. <laughs> um, I don't, yeah, I don't have a line. I'm just usually like, is this food free or what? <laughs> Can anybody join this party? Yeah. What's the buffet sitch like? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you find uh working for buzzfeed that that provides you with social opportunities you didn't have before um yeah i would say so a lot of times in like an uber you'll you'll try and tell them what you do for a living mm. but like i'll always say oh you know i write for the internet and then most often than not people are like oh i've never heard of buzzfeed and i'm like oh okay that's cool i feel stupid now <laughs> <laughs> what did you do if i can ask before uh the glory of buzzfeed yeah um i actually started there's like perfect timing but i actually started with like three internships working mm. seven days a week at like a pie shop um and then uh i started in film distribution yes as as in job or that the, these were some of the internships well, I started as an intern at a film distribution company and then yes. just kind of became um, an installation there and just refused to leave and they just had to start paying me eventually. Excellent. You built a fort <laughs> yeah. and they couldn't get through it. Yeah, I was like, oh, I live here now. Um, and uh, so I was with Transmission Films um, mm. for about, I want to say three and a half years where I kind of developed into doing their um, digital sales and marketing. Yes. Um, and got really into digital distribution. And then from there, I actually worked at uh, Foxtel's um, Presto yes. for about a year and jumped over to BuzzFeed from that. And haven't looked back. <laughs> yeah. just <laughs> So I haven't actually been at BuzzFeed for that long. Um, most of my time was actually in the sort of film world. Is the film wor world at least the part that you were in, mm. as glamorous as some people might think. Oh, my God. It was so glamorous. I used to um, have to go to the post office a lot. Yeah. And this is in, like, Surrey Hills, so the closest post office was, like, the the one that's in the mountain at the end of The Lord of the Rings. Like, yes. just sort of, it was, like, a hellish sub-realm. Um, and I got to answer a lot of emails with telling people to stop sending me their pictures. It's just really glamorous. A lot of, lot of really glamorous moments. It's it's very timely, if I can ask about life as an intern, given what has just been discussed oh, around the, the federal budget. Yeah. What was life like as an intern? Were, were they paid roles? Were they, I'm going to do this for free just to get experience? I did three unpaid internships because I also did a Bachelor of Arts majoring in film, which is not a real thing. Not employable. <laughs> So I kind of graduated and they were like, off you go. And I was like, come at me, job opportunities. Um, and surprisingly, that is not <laughs> a real thing. 
So, um, yeah, I kind of had no choice but to sort of wiggle my way into any kind of industry. Um, and it was actually interning the first time um, was how I kind of networked into transmission as an opportunity. And then from there, I've just kind of been able to, I mean, I you know got into the industry that way. Yes. So I don't know. I always like to stay silent on the whole uh, intern discussion because I do completely agree. I think you should pay people for their services, but I also acknowledge that without internships, I would not be anywhere. Mm-hmm. I'd probably still be um, working in a pie shop seven days a week, which, by the way, was awesome and delicious, but, <laughs> you know. Excellent for the wasteland. <laughs> how, how did you fund yourself through these internships? I had, I had um, three other jobs, so I was working seven days a week while I was interning. What? Wow. Yeah. It's not easy, but that's no. what you get for going to uni and thinking that film is a real thing you can study. <laughs> <laughs> And like, also, I never showed up to any classes, and I was like, "Great, graduated, I'm ready, real world." So, yeah, it was probably my own fault. It's a reasonably new thing in the Australian business world. I mean, we have apprenticeships, but they're intentional, paid, learn on the job processes. That at the end, you come out being, presumably, you know, you do the other tape stuff, a fully qualified tradesperson, but an internship. At least the American model is come and work for us to get experience for free and not even a promise of a job at the end, but as you've experienced, coming out with experience to be able to then a job opportunity within that industry. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, again, I was I was pretty lucky. Um, like my first internship, I actually was um, just kind of like, you know, an admin assistant for a production company. And then they mm. shut their Sydney office about two weeks into my internship. Wow, and gosh. this place was running like a genius organisation because they would get 10 interns at a time. I think legally you were only allowed to have in like unpaid interns for like three months. Mm. So they would get a batch every three months. Mm. And then mm. like they would have two on a day. So you'd do two days a week. Yep. And that's like, you know, that's genius. It's terrible. But um, <laughs> they... Yeah, so two weeks into the internship, all 10 of us found out that they were shutting their Sydney office. But because I was like, well, I've got nothing better to do, um, helped them pack up the office. And because of that, kind of like found, networked the opportunity with Transmission, which then gave me entry into the, um, into the industry. That's great. Yeah, it's not, you know, ideal. And it is, it is pretty terrible that this place was like, you know, 10 people every three months just working for free. Yeah. And most of those people weren't getting jobs at the end of it, but they could say, you know, oh, I interned at this production company. Yeah. So many industries are built on, I'm, you know, they're certainly looking for experience, but that word of mouth recommendation or no, I've spent some time here or, hey, have you met this guy? They're looking for someone. Yeah, or absolutely. That kind of stuff. It's crazy, isn't uh, yeah, it? Yeah, 100%. And, like, my experience with transmission, like, that was one of my... I was just so lucky because it was such an amazing place to work and I got to learn so much. But I wouldn't have got a foot in the door with just kind of like, hey, I went to Sydney Uni and, like, showed up to about 20% of my classes. (laughs) But I still passed. (laughs) Well, (laughs) yeah, most of it, most of it, yeah. (laughs) 
What is your superpower, Matt? Oh my god. Um, oh god. I think it's um, when I get drunk, I do a really good Drew Barrymore impression. Excellent. Yeah. Circa which era? I'm going to go with that. Um, I can span all of them. I can do a good Charlie's Angels. I can do a good uh, Drew Barrymore talking about her kids. Um, yeah, I just I just love me a bit of a Drew Barrymore impression. So wedding singer, you can cover that era. Yeah, absolutely. You can cover the one where she's a journalist, goes undercover Never in high it. school. Uh, yeah, yes. I can. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, you sound very definite about that. I used to think that, no, oh no, yes. Like, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> this is the only thing I'm sure of in my life is that like my never been kissed is spot on. <laughs> <laughs> and the bangs to match. Yay. Oh, yeah. um, I used to think my superpower was chugging beer, but then I saw mm. a video of a guy chug an entire beer in less than three seconds and I'm just like <sighs> devastated. Here's a gift to someone. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. I had to watch it twice. It was a really, really <laughs> uh, experience. <laughs> what is it that fascinates you about Drew Barrymore? Um, God, she's just been in all the best movies ever made. Charlie's Angels and Charlie's Angels Full Throttle. <laughs> Look, at least one of those is a good film. Absolutely. Yeah, both of them. I heard you correctly. <laughs> <laughs> They are, as the old saying goes, they are the Citizen Kane of Charlie's Angels movies. Oh, I I forgot. We have to go the full spectrum here. What's your E.T. Drew Barrymore like? Oh, God. Do you know, that's that's really good. I've never even thought about that. So it's like fully formed Drew Barrymore I can do. Oh, I would have said she's fully formed. I mean, there's pigtails, there's the (laughs) lisp. It's all happening. Yeah. God. Okay, I'll have to practice that. (laughs) I'm going to have to grow my hair out. Oh goodness, that would be divine. Yeah. <laughs> the ringlets, the whole shebang. I'm very method when it comes to my dream marriage. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, I, I couldn't even start to think what that means to be <laughs> Where do you find your peace, Matt? Um, the Food Network. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is just any be- part of it, particularly, oh or God, just a, it's it. a whole thing. All of it, yeah. Uh, I am really bad at cooking, but I really find it calming to watch other people do it. Mm-hmm. Like, I particularly people that know what they're doing, right? Oh, for sure. But I'm also just like I'm mad for a bit of um, chopped. You know, like th- yeah. there's like high intensity, very American shows that are just like so dramatic, and people are plating up dishes in thirty minutes that I couldn't make in like eight hours. Oh, they know, and they know how to ramp up the tension, don't they? I mean, MasterChef is great, but when it comes to tension stakes, they need to do way better on their 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 building music, their their quick edits. Chopped has it down. Oh my god, it's so good, and like Cutthroat Kitchen, which is like Chopped, but like everybody just got really high, and then they were like, "Let's just make Chopped for stoners." Like, <laughs> you just watch that show, and it's like they have to cook. Uh, within 30 minutes, but like they have to cook in a Viking ship or something ridiculous. It's like, what the hell? All their utensils are like replaced with um, doll's heads or like whatever. It's ridiculous. I love it. There are, there are many fine things tucked away on the Food Network and we are 
look, let's call it very lucky to have that free to air now. Oh my God. You have no idea. I honest, that revolutionized my life. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's all that's on, uh, at my house. It's SBS food is just constantly on, even when I'm not home, just to keep my plants company. When you're not uh, food fascinated, is there anything else that grabs your attention on the, the black panel? Uh, I mean, like I've been watching um, MKR and MasterChef and all that kind of stuff because yeah. I love my, my local TV. Um, and I do think it's great. I don't know why. Like reality TV is just amazing. What do you make of the 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 seven dominants when it comes to My Kitchen Rules and then when MasterChef comes along and My Kitchen Rules finishes, it just nothing? I'm exhausted um, mm-hmm. because I was eight years old when this season of um, My Kitchen Rules began and I'm now 130. Yes. That show is so ridiculously long. It lasts forever. Yeah, absolutely. And then it just finishes and you're just, you're just like left a husk of a person. <laughs> and then they just expect you to flick over to MasterChef, which I did, but I'm exhausted. Yes. It's like, you know, give me a break, TV. What a life I lead. Look, it's, it. well, we talk about glamour, don't we? I mean, BuzzFeed, you're covering reality, you're covering all sorts of things for them. Mm. Uh, it's, it's quite the full schedule and f- full life that you have. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and like, they go for so long. Like, no cooking show needs to be an hour and a half. No. Yes, no. no. Not at all. Cut that down. I mean, maybe maybe once a week when you do a big outdoor challenge thing, I can understand right. that, but not every night. We don't need to see all 24 no, people's I'm, dishes. Absolutely not, no. I do get really stuck into the characters, though. So there were a couple of characters from um, My Kitchen Rules that if they had a 90-minute special, I would watch the shit out of that. But Faves. like, yeah, you know, so from this season, I mean, the two mm. winners, Tassie and Gracia were just incredible. Yes. And every time they had a fight, it was just, it was magical TV. That's sisters though. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And then um, Zana and Gianni, who were sort of the villains in the beginning. But- I found that there was no redemption for Zana this season. Oh my God. She no. was detestable 100%. Absolutely incorrect. No, I loved her. At what point did she go from being a villain to being a good guy? I mean, that's, she has an abusive relationship with Gianni. That man needs to get out. No, he needs, they are so he needs sweet to, to each saved. other. Okay, listen. Uh, after following both her Instagram accounts, please withhold judgment. Um, I love it. Their relationship is adorable. And I was like, I was in on episode one with them. Yeah. I just thought they were the best. I just thought it was just sort of like that editing where every group needed a villain and I was not buying it. She was not the villain for me. Oh, they definitely carved her up. There was no question about yeah, that. for sure. She still had to say the things out of her human mouth, though. I mean, uh, stunning. I did like a write-up of just the best things that she said and it was one of my favourite things to do because, like... I saw it was pretty funny. Yeah, when she said... Um, uh, one thing she was like, I hate it when you go to somebody's house and they've touched the top of the wine glass and expect you to drink from it. <laughs> Like, I'd never thought about it before. And then I was like, she's right. I'm never going to anyone's house. <laughs> Mind you, Zana wasn't a patch on Miss Flip Flopping. Um, we don't eat carbs. Oh, here's all the carbs we're going to serve. Oh, you. yeah. I didn't like that at all. Although I was like totally into her husband. But that's another story. But um, 
so this is the thing with MKR was I missed like one episode of group two and then I was like, who are all these strangers? I can't, mm. I can't get involved in this now. So I, I was always just group one. <laughs> I just waited <laughs> until they came back because that show is just too much. Well, there, there, there literally is a cast of thousands that roll through that because yeah, there's ridiculous two rounds and the, or three, three rounds, rounds of, of, of like instant restaurants. Rounds, and like, that's the most couple. exciting part. I feel like they could just do an instant restaurant show. Yep. But at the same time, the show rates its balls off the entire nine million episodes that it does. So it's like, why would they? But is is that the Stockholm Syndrome in, in effect, though? Like, is the rest of the show rating because the other networks go, well, My Kitchen Rules is winning everything. We can't put anything up against it. And when we have it fail, so we won't try. I mean, have a look. Renault Rumble absolutely tanked, yeah. but there's a number of reasons, not just because it was up against My Kitchen Rules. I, mean, I don't know if people really care about renovation shows anymore, except for The Block, I guess. Well, we'll see if they care about The Block later this year. Right? But it's just kind of like maybe people love watching cooking shows and they're sort of done with the whole renovation thing. But relationships are making a big comeback. We've got The Bachelor, we've got um, The Bachelorette, we've got... Seven-year switch, like, married at first sight. Yeah, seven-year switch. I have a serious issue with that show. I have a serious issue with, like, a lot of those shows, except for The Bachelor <laughs> Bachelorette. What do you have issues with The Bachelor Bachelorette about? No, I don't. I love those. Oh, you don't? Uh-uh. No, those are amazing the, and perfect. The thing that always got me about seven-year switch is the misdirected promo and, you know, forward sell, coming up next, someone gets in the spa with someone and gets naked. Uh. Sure, but the immediate thing that happens is that she freaks out and gets out. Like, it's all it's all sizzle and no sausage. Yeah, literally. <laughs> but also, like, who cares? It's a spa? Yeah. I don't know. I, uh, I, I The only I reason that becomes an issue... Kind of stuff. Reality to me is if you end up having sex in the spa. Well, if that's right, if the history of relationship A is that you can't have a spa because, and then off camera, every time we have a spa, we get it on... Yeah. Like because we now equate spa with sex, you can't have a spa with that other person. That's crazy, though. That's an insane thing to say. None of those people were exactly same. Right, that's true. Anyway, that's enough ranting about <laughs> television. There's never enough so ranting, ranting about television. <laughs> What's your favourite place to travel to? Sorry? What's your favourite place to travel to? Um, huh... I haven't been traveling much. So my family are actually based in Singapore. Mm-hmm. So I usually, anytime I've got holiday time, I end up going to Singapore, which is nice, but like I've lived there and then I travel there a lot. It's kind of like, yeah. it's humid. You've, you know, now you've done Singapore. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I guess within Sydney, I would say um, the bottle shop. <laughs> Gosh, is that problematic? <laughs> Only if you need a passport. <laughs> True. Which I don't. There's like eight around my house, which is amazing. Don't Sydney have problems with the hours that bottle shops can be open though? Yeah, it's actually really horrible. I've had to do like the t- like the 10 o'clock sprint to the closest bottle shop because they close. They all close at 10.30 now. What's well, to stop you preloading before you go out, isn't it? Yeah, except like I'm not preloading. I'm having like... A, a glass or a of red on the couch while watching like Spy Kids 3D. 
No judgment here, Matt. No. That's that's excellent life choice. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's like I'm not. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not headed to the casino to to kick on. I just. I really want to watch the the extended cut of Under the Tuscan Sun for the fifth time. <laughs> oh, delightful! It's a really good film. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that good a film, but I appreciate what you say. Oh my god, it's like my favorite movie. Really? Yeah, absolutely. For a while, I wanted to go to Tuscany and um, become best friends with Diane Lane. Well, it, I think most of us would like to become friends with Diane Lane. I know, right? She was the best thing about um, the recent Batman movies. Yes, she's been the best things about a lot of films, though. But I agree, she was certainly excellent in them. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason why I saw them. <laughs> really? I mean, Just because Diane like, Lane was in Batman? Yeah, it was like Batman vs Superman, Diane Lane of Justice. And I was like, seeing it... <laughs> what can't you tolerate lactose no um (laughs) (laughs) um oh people that slow down when they're um getting off an escalator freaks me out i hate it yeah walk fast people like you were walking fast to get on yeah exactly and then it's like they sort of slow down and shuffle and then you're behind them and then you're like oh god it's gonna eat my shoelaces People that stop in the middle of a, a, a thoroughfare at a shopping centre or those sorts of things, that just stop blindly to look at, a, 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 you know, not close to a window, in the middle just of the In the, the middle walkway. of the street. It's like living in your own world. Good for you. But, you know, the rest of us have places to go. Like, I'm a big dude, right? I don't stop nor change direction very easily. <laughs> so if somebody does that in front of me within two paces, we are both seeing the floor. I've run into so many people. That's amazing. I Yeah, I don't know. I... Sydney's Sydney's terrible if you're a fast walker, especially in the um, CBD. It's just not a nice because it's all rubberneck. It, it's all just kind of like people leisurely walking, you know, enjoying their life, and it's just that's you know it's not what I'm here for. Are you a, a bonehead kind of guy? Like I see a TV camera, I'm going to try and make sure I get my face on it in the background somehow. A what? A bone boneheading. Have you ever heard of that? You've heard. I of mean, that. I've heard of it, but I don't think it's. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, the boneheading that I understand, mm-hmm. Matt, is when person A has microphone and camera pointing at them and they're doing some kind of news thing, particularly news, but anything. And a bonehead is when you try and get your head on camera behind the person in the frame, in the shot. Um, and And whether you are direct about it i.e i'm just trying going to walk through the shot or i'm going to stand up walk behind and yeah the classic ones people walk in and stare at the journalist or you know if a ride in the pussy or that kind of oh thing God, no i am the reverse i know i don't say that as, as trying to say that the latter is the right thing to do i just mean it broadly as a bonehead context right like trying to get into the frame. just trying to get in there yeah no i don't think so i don't think i've ever boneheaded before in the sense that I'm talking about. Sure, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I like to, I don't like being in the middle of attention. Yeah? Yeah. That's, I think, why I like the internet so much, because you can just say dumb stuff and then put your phone down. You don't have to actually deal with things. You have to deal with friends that are friends of yours on on the internet, though. You can mute them. 
<laughs> no, I actually meant the real life ones that you then have to go and face up to. Yeah, you can mute them. <laughs> I mean, well, you need to tell me how that works because I've got two keys. Absolutely. And, okay. Uh, yeah, I've got some. Like, do with some of that selective stuff. hearing tips. <laughs> I've got I've got the dad looks down where you both can give them a look and they know they're in trouble and your wife asks you to find something and I can't find it and you're basically standing on it. Yeah. I I don't have that kind of instinct, but I can definitely just tune things out. Kind of like goes hand in hand with that sort of um, feigning ignorance. It's just like, or, you know, not always feigning, but... <laughs> <laughs> Where is the line between public and private then for you? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I like to think that I'm pretty transparent, mm-hmm. but I guess I would never... Oh. I guess I don't really talk about my family so much or, like relationship stuff mm-hmm. except for the fact that like the whole like you know when you're the most single person in the room but um <laughs> which i <laughs> most often am but um i'm pretty I, pre- I put everything out there most often so my housemate and i actually met through twitter yes and then his and my housemate relationship is pretty well documented on the internet <laughs> We fight, we, you know, sweet talk each other. He tells me I need to pick up laundry detergent. All that kind of happens really boringly (laughs) in the public sphere, I guess. Is that a reflection of you as much as the time? Or is it that it's 2016 and it's kind of what people expect? It's our lives on full display. Yeah, I guess so. But I also think it's sort of, I, I feel like I present a pretty authentic version of myself on Twitter. You know how people always talk about how people are really curated with their mm-hmm. online presence. Like I save that for Instagram. I'm never going to upload a, a photo where I look bad on Instagram because I'm that shallow. <laughs> but with Twitter, I'll say some real dumb stuff because I'm dumb. But I, uh, yeah, I don't think I like curate a version of myself to be put on Twitter other than just kind of like regular old me. Mm -hmm. but I do agree that there's this kind of um, living in the public sphere nowadays that I think other generations find baffling. Screw them. (laughs) I have. Oh. (laughs) Hello. No, just kidding, Mom, if you're listening. What's the hardest truth you've had to deliver, Matt? Um... Jesus, I have no idea. What's the hardest truth I've had to deliver? Probably... Um, that is the hardest question I think I've ever been asked. I have no idea. What's yours? <laughs> Can I copy your answer? Sure, it probably won't apply. Oh, damn it. I have no idea. What have other people said? Give me a good answer. It's it's varied from a lot of things. Sometimes it's truth to oneself. Mm. 
Sometimes it's being the bearer of bad news to friends or, or even people you don't know. Um, sometimes it's uh, an acknowledgement that what is happening around you um, is actually happening and you don't need to be there. Mm. I think the like hardest self-truth would have to be like everything's gonna be fine mm. yeah I'll go with that that sort of um, when you know when you have to pick your own socks up and just be like just get through today or get through the next couple of days and like everything's gonna be fine because yeah. it always is but when it's darkest it doesn't feel like it does yeah and it's very difficult to actually have to tell yourself that yeah that'd be mine I'm happy with that answer. Lock it in. What are you going to achieve in the next 12 months? What do I want to achieve in the next 12 months? Um, what are you going oh, to achieve? What am I going to? Oh, Jesus. Um, gonna... Gotta get in shape for next year's Mardi Gras. No, just kidding. Um, I never do. <laughs> well, now that Stereosonic's off the table. Yeah, no point in shredding. Um, what am I going to achieve in the next 12 months? I really want to, like, go overseas and... and uh, make my Instagram insufferable for everybody that's still at home. Um, <laughs> because that's the point of traveling. Um, and I think just kind of like, I mean, I'm in my dream job at the moment. And like mm. a lot of what I want to do is just be better at it. Just like, yeah, be better. That's what I'm going to What's be. better at it for you? I don't know yet. Um, I just think I want to keep, I mean, like, this is coming from, like, the person who this week wrote, like, these five questions will tell you what superhero nickname to give your boyfriend's penis, but, <laughs> um, uh, I, yeah, I think that, like, experimentation and, um, having a playfulness is something that BuzzFeed gives a lot of its writers, which is really unique, and, actually an incredible opportunity so I've always had like fun with my writing but it's kind of like maybe you know that finesse that's needed to be just constantly better yep yeah being better can be hard work though yeah it can but you know if it was easy everyone would do it oh snap (laughs) Matt, thank you so much for the chance to speak with you today. I've really appreciated it. No worries. It's been very interesting. I've had to, like, think seriously, which isn't something that comes naturally. Please know that the things you've said today are are very special and you're highly valued. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. You are on Twitter. This is an uh, an understatement. Uh, Are there any other social accounts that you wish to promote? Oh, God, no. I'm pretty insufferable, so... (laughs) If you can tolerate me on Twitter, we're doing fine. (laughs) This has been Humans of Twitter, and I can confirm that at Matt Wee is indeed human. I can confirm you are too. Damn straight. (laughs)